Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Smack in the middle of the chaos. There certainly have been some times where the, the hair has stood up on the back of my neck. They do their best to exhibit grace under pressure. Sometimes it's just running for urgency's sake. Like, ah, I'm running. I don't have anywhere to go, but I'm running because it's happening right now. You may not know their names. I always like to say I had front row to history. But you most definitely remember the stories they've brought into your home. I was literally in the middle of the news as history was happening. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and this week we are joined by a couple of Open Record first-timers and, sadly, last-timers, too. You'll find more about that in a moment. These two individuals have been bringing you some of the most important and impactful news stories in the Milwaukee area for more than a generation, but you probably have no idea who they are because they perform their magic on the other side of the camera. A warm welcome to Open Record for Fox 6 Chief Photojournalist Andy Conkle. Hey, Andy. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. And Fox 6 Nightside Executive Producer Kelly Stoop. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Hi, Brian. So we are recording this episode on Thursday, February 10th, and this is a tough day for Fox 6 News because we are about to lose both of these extremely talented individuals as they're moving on to newer and greener pastures. And we'll talk about that, but... I'm glad you're both here because you you have a lot of combined experience covering the news in Milwaukee, and I, I've been here at Fox 6 News now going on 18 years. You've both been here the entire time, so I, I know the news business has a lot of turnover. Your longevity is actually unusual in this industry, and you've seen an awful lot, so I want our listeners to hear some of the highlights and maybe the lowlights, too, of your time covering the news at, at Fox 6. I'm going to start with you, Kelly, because... Actually, I first want to start with just what, like, explain what it means when I say you're an executive producer. What does that mean? Um, I am in charge of the nighttime newscast. So when you're watching the 9 and 10 o'clock news, I have helped the producers build the shows, like decide what story goes where. So when you're watching, like, one story's first, one story's second, one story's the end of the show, right? You know, like, I help them decide where all that goes. And then I'm also... um, a big conduit between the show producers and the reporters and photographers in the field. Um, We work together in the afternoon to decide what stories we're going to cover. And then um, as the day progresses, I help them decide um, how their stories are forming, help them brainstorm who to interview, who to talk to. Uh, They let me know what they're getting. So we kind of go back and forth that way. And um, then we put the news together. And news is obviously constantly changing throughout any given day. So here you're fielding all of these questions, making a lot of decisions. I imagine you've gotten obviously very skilled at that over the years. But does it sometimes feel like you're just trying to keep 100 plates spinning at the same time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's basically uh, I'm a juggler. I'm totally a juggler. Um, and like you learn to make rapid fire decisions and you just sort of learn to get a gut for when things are really bad, when you know it's a big deal, when you know something's more serious or 
like, mm, that feels kind of lame. You know, we can pass on that. Like you just really learn how to use that judgment in rapid fire. Um, it, it's amazing how, you know, like a Waukesha Christmas parade tragedy is going on versus like just, I don't want to downplay any other news story, but maybe like a, just a traffic accident, you know, the difference between what's huge and what you need to send a million people to and what everybody needs to have urgency about versus, oh yeah, if we can go, we can, but it's, we don't need to, you know, like you just learn how to pick which is which. So you're doing that from inside the newsroom and then Andy Conkle, you are like, I mean, I, I describe you as like a player coach because you are the chief photographer for Fox 6 News. You're also an active photojournalist, and you've worn a lot of hats over the years, especially here in these last few. But when there's a big breaking news story or some major event happening, more often than not, you're out of the building. You're out in the field uh, being a part of that. Explain what role you play in our newscasts. Sure. So uh, any, you know, it could be me or any other photographer, but the pictures you're watching on TV, online, um, you know, we're out there with our camera shooting that, uh, not only shooting the, the breaking news, but anything from a ribbon cutting to uh, sporting events. Uh, so sometimes we're on our on our own, uh, you know, conducting the interviews ourselves. Uh, but most of the time we're connected with the reporter telling stories. And, and I, I also I think about this because so often people see, you know, as an investigative reporter, I'll have those moments of confrontation with someone or something like that. And people say, well, it seems like you have such a, a scary job. And, and I've always said it's it's really not me. It's probably at risk. It's usually the person holding the camera. I mean, I imagine not only are you trying to find you, you've got to keep one eye in that viewfinder looking for the shots that people at home need to see. But I imagine you've got to keep that other eye cracked once in a while, too, because especially when we think of what's been going on the summer of 2020 and some of the really high tension scenes that were being covered, you really have to you know, keep your head on a swivel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just like you said, uh, you know, our number one um, priority at the station has always been safety. So looking out for yourself, but at the same time, getting those images, getting that sound uh, and those stories to get back to the to the newsroom for our viewers. So. Um, yeah, there certainly have been some times where the, the hair has stood up on the back of my neck, but um, overall, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've been in too many situations where, where I'm too concerned about my safety, but not only mine, but if I'm, a, I'm with a reporter or any other photographer from any other stations, I think this is a, a really good market where we look out for one another. So what was like for you, Andy, like what what is a situation where you felt maybe like, okay, this is the, the most tense the scariest, the most threatened I've ever felt in a, in a story. Is, is there one that stands out for you? Um, I'd say the night, um, you know, Sherman Park uh, took place. Uh, you know, the, the gas station was burning and just pulling up like like four blocks away. You're like, wow, this is this is unlike anything I've ever been a part of, you know, feeling like you watch kind of those correspondents from from other countries covering um, civil wars and such. And, um, you know, not to compare this that to that but you know just the images were like wow this is different i can't believe this is happening in milwaukee so i'd say that one struck first and then uh, a couple of years ago when the when the civil unrest started um you know th those are things that, that you just don't know what's going to happen just because of the the way the world is playing and and those are situations where there's it's not where there's one side or another you don't know who's sort of aligned with whom because there's 
peaceful protesters. There's people out there causing disruption. There's police. There's journalists. There's people who might be citizen journalists. There's all sorts of people. And you never really get a sense of, of who wants you there and who doesn't want you there, I guess, right? Exactly. And that's a little bit of the tough part, especially, um, you know, we're out there with the, the bigger cameras that, that maybe you've seen in, in movies or on TV, um, you know, they're 20 pounds and on our shoulders. So people definitely know, you know, we're probably part of the news. And you know, they're fine acting this way if they're not on camera, but then all of a sudden they see a camera and they're like, whoa, hey, you don't, don't, don't record me. Um, but that's, that's not, that's not the way, you know, TV works. We're, we're allowed to do it as long as we're in public spaces and don't need permission to do that. So, but exactly, you never know kind of who's, who's with you um, and who's against you not wanting them to be recorded. You, when I got here in 2004, Andy, you were already working here as a photographer. When did you start at Fox 6? I started February 6th of 2000. Okay, so we're, yeah, this is the 20, your, what would be your 22nd year, I guess? It would be your 23rd year, actually, yeah. Um, Kelly, how about you? When did you start at Fox 6? I started in May 1998 while I was a junior at Marquette. Okay, so take us back to Fox 6 News circa 1998 and uh, a young Kelly Stoop coming into the news business. What was that like? Oh, wow. Um, well, I get, think one of the things that always struck me is like, I was already using windows based computers, you know, like you people out there are probably like there was something other than windows based computers or a Mac. Um, but here at the station, they were still using like a DOS based, like computer program to run everything. Like the monochromatic screen. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like brown with green lettering you know like it was like oh my god like and to log in everybody had their own special thing and I was like how am I gonna do this like how in the world like I'm going back in time this is so weird and um that was a little bit of a learning curve and thankfully like soon after we finally changed to a program that used windows and you could actually use a mouse and a keyboard like a normal person and I remember like sitting in classes like learning how to use this stuff and people who had worked here forever at that time were like how do I right click, you know? And it was like, oh my God, like they just hadn't used that yet, right? So that was like a very big turning point in technology as I was walking in as a new person. Um, but, you know, I wrote for the shows a few days a week. And then um, the moment I graduated a year later, I started producing newscasts. And So that would have been, I'm guessing, Mayor Norquist at the time, right? Yes. And so all the Governor scandals maybe... involving him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> governor was Tommy Thompson then? Uh, yes, he was still okay. governor. Okay. So in, in 1998 or early in your career, do you remember any, you know, huge stories that really stand out to you, things that made a mark on you? Um, gosh, was it 98 or 99 when the big blue crane collapse happened? That to me was the one that was the biggest that I experienced. I remember I was standing and helping one of the producers with some scripts. And at the time we used paper scripts and we had to sit and we, they were, um, we printed them on blue and pink paper. And like you would sit and split the scripts after you printed them for the show so that the person who read the script had the pink paper so that that was like a, the anchor knew that, oh, it's pink, it's mine. And so you'd have to split them so that like the, you know, the Ted pile versus the, you know, who was he anchoring with the at the time, you know, Jocelyn Maminta, maybe, you know, like you had to split them, like, and figure out who was who. And so I was standing there doing that with one of the producers and we learned that Big Blue collapsed and everybody just started running. We had a helicopter at the time. So the helicopter went up and it was really 
like I was so new that I kind of like I helped of course but at the same time I sat back and kind of watched the breaking news coverage happen because it was me first my first absorption of this is how everybody just runs and starts to do their work and do it well um and, you know, obviously that day was very tragic, but it was... For those who don't know, by the way, Big Blue, because uh, some of our listeners and I know aren't in the Milwaukee area, we now have a, a baseball park that's known as American Family Field, but for a long time was known as Miller Park. And that was the construction of Miller Park, the home of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, at the time, County Stadium was the home of the Milwaukee Brewers, and Miller Park was under construction. And it's funny, Kelly, because I have a connection to Big Blue, too, even though I wasn't here yet. And the connection is... I was working in Des Moines as a uh, a crime beat reporter for KCCI-TV, and I uh, had a an interest in moving to Milwaukee because uh, my girlfriend later, first wife, uh, was from Wisconsin. And so I I had a friend uh, who worked in Milwaukee for WTMJ Radio, and there was an opening at TMJ4 Television. And he kind of got me in with the news director at the time, and and I talked to the news director, and I was a finalist for a job there. They had two openings, and one was a general assignment reporter, one was a crime beat reporter, which is what I was doing. And I was the snot-nosed kid who thought I could call my shot, and I called the news director that day to say, I don't want to be considered for the crime beat position. I want to do the general assignment. I don't want to be pigeonholed just as a as a crime reporter. I'd like the more broad coverage of a, of a general assignment reporter. And he took the phone call. He heard me say this, and he said, I have to go. We have a giant crane that just fell on our baseball stadium. And he hung up the phone, and I never heard from him again. It was one of the biggest news stories in Milwaukee, and I'm telling this guy, I don't want the job you want to hire me for. I want the other one. And so uh, I start, I quickly found out what Big Blue was. It was a giant crane that fell on the stadium and uh, and obviously tragically killed three people, right? Yeah, yeah, three three iron workers died that day. So, and there's a memorial to them outside the stadium if you ever have looked at it and not realized what it was. But yeah, so that was really my first encounter with big breaking news. Um, but then, um, you know, I'd say probably the most memorable thing that obviously we all know where we were on September 11th, but I was literally in the chair in the control room doing the morning news at the time. And the meteorologist keyed into my headset and said, Kelly, look at the networks. Cause we were in our news at the time. Look at the networks. They're saying that planes are hitting the world trade center. And um, so like, then we went into Fox coverage, dipped back and forth in our own. And I was in the control room till one 30 in the afternoon. And I'd been at work till midnight since midnight, you know, like it was just, um, that was like, I was literally in the middle of the news as history was happening. And it was like, that truly like that will stay with me for the rest of my life. It just, you know, it's just one of the, like, and it's a small sliver of all those pieces of history that I will never forget. And I've been a part of without being a part of, it's kind of a weird thing in news that like, you're a part of all this history because you're making the news and you're bringing it to people. You're not part of September 11th, but you are part of September 11th. You know, like it's, it's a very, it's very disjointed, but you feel like you're part of history because you were there for the whole thing. The strange thing about September 11th in news is that you're both observing and absorbing it as a citizen of the United States, as just a viewer, but you also know you have this responsibility to put it in context and bring the latest information to viewers. So you're sort of playing this dual role and you almost don't have time to accept that this is history in the making until later on, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, I don't think she'd mind me telling the story. Katrina Cravey, 
longtime Contact Six reporter for Fox Six, now doing her own thing. Um, that day she was anchoring that morning. She was filling in. She didn't normally do the morning show. And um, like she was sitting there in the chair, like we were in Fox coverage. We weren't doing our own thing at that point. Cause you know, the whole story was in New York at that moment. And then obviously the Pentagon and, and Pennsylvania. But um, she said to me, she's like, Kelly, she's like, I need you to start swearing at me. Some start yelling at me something. She's like, I, I can't stop crying. Like, and it was that very, very real moment that she, there she is as a human being watching this all unfold. And because we didn't have our news set, like we were wa just watching it at that point. And um, we were, it was a very human moment that I like just had to use every naughty word in the book in her ear and just rah, scream at her so she could laugh, like just at me, like trying to cheer her up, right? So that she could then get it together for the next time she had to be on the air. Um, yeah, that was what, where like news and like being a real human being kind of intertwine. Andy, you, um, you were here by then, September 11th. Uh, that's, I mean, I think back at the time, it seemed like, well, we're never going to forget any of this. It's now 21 years ago. Um, and, and so that was early in your time at Fox 6. But in all of that time, is there a, a story or two that like stand out to you as the most memorable, good or bad? Good or bad? Uh, well, there's certainly some great highlights um, that I always like to say I had I had front row to history um, that 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 I'll always bring up before I bring up the the stories that are are sad. So um, you know the most memorable thing to me uh, was getting to uh, go to Super Bowl forty five where the Packers uh, beat the Steelers. I was lucky enough to be on the field shooting the game, um, and just a, a, an incredible um, experience to to be a part of that and and witness that. Um, that, so that's one of my favorites. Um, I got to spend 27 hours on an aircraft carrier, um, highlighting some great Wisconsin um, sailors. Um, that that was an amazing uh, experience as well. That's the series with Carl Deffenbaugh, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, covering like the Brewers and and being in the clubhouse as they're celebrating. You know, coming out soaking wet from beer and champagne. Um, just an unreal experience. Um, but then, you know, as you guys were touching on Big Blue, um, I was at, at, in a different market at that time. But, you know, the city and this area have certainly had um, their share of uh, tragedies, um, you know, touching back on the, the Sherman part and the, and the civil unrest as a lot of uh, the Miller Brewery uh, shooting and, and then what just happened in Waukesha a couple months ago. Um, you know, those things you know, we're out there kind of dealing with it, but as we're doing our jobs, then you have to take the time to kind of think it over when you, when you're done with your job. And, you know, sometimes it's not easy to separate yourself until you, until you get home and can think about it. You know, isn't it, you think about, I've had many people, my, my mom lives in St. Louis and I'll talk to other people who are outside the area. And sometimes they say, what is it with Milwaukee? Because, you had Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, you got the Kyle Rittenhouse thing in the Milwaukee area, you know, southeastern Wisconsin. Um, you, you've got, you know, the, the, the Waukesha parade tragedy. And then we've also got, you know, the, the, 
NFL MVP year after year. We've got, you know, we're, we're maybe not winning a lot of NFC championship games, but we're in them all the time. You've got uh, the Deer District. Uh, we had people from across the country going, that Deer District looks great. And I'm like, yeah, I was there last night. You were there? You know, the the MVP of the NBA, of the NBA champions. It seems like Milwaukee is in some ways just the epicenter of all kinds of big things. And here we are, just some lo- you know local news station covering it all. Yeah, it's definitely weird. And I put that as like another memory that just came up is covering the Stephen Avery trial. Oh, gosh, there's another one. Spent six weeks of my life with Peter Linton Smith uh, in Chilton, Wisconsin, um, and then and then of course at like four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon is when the verdict comes down, and you know all panic you know goes to we gotta go live, and it's like I'm the only guy here, and I'm also the pool camera. How are we gonna do this? Uh, so you just uh, take a second, breathe, and, and figure it out. And luckily, you know, as with Peter, who's very capable of running his own camera as well, so it's all fine. And that's what I, what I think is so fascinating about having the two of you on here is you have, like you talked about Kelly being sort of observers and also participants in history. You also have very different views because, Andy, you'll be out maybe at the courthouse in the middle of this big thing. But, Kelly, you're back at the station having to track, okay, when's that moment happening and when do we need to break in and who needs to be where and when do you have to get on set and what is that chaos like? It's hard because you have to know what you want to put on TV and bring to the viewer and like you visualize that, but then you also have to talk to Andy and go, okay, logistically, how can you make this happen for me and make those decisions based on that? Like when he says, I'm the pool camera, I'm the only one here. So it's like, then you have to brainstorm between the two Like how in the world can we do that dream of what you want to put on air versus what's technologically capable, Um, you know, and thank goodness the technology has changed so much over the years that we're able to, you know, like Andy was probably in a live truck or a satellite truck for that. And, you know, probably had an engineer with him running some of that stuff. And then he, you know, now the photographers are all on their own and they have just a backpack with a fancy piece of equipment in it that can broadcast everything live. So that's helped being able to do things faster, but you know, it also means there's fewer people on scene to make it happen. It's just the reporter and the photographer. And so me as a news manager, I have to be the one to talk to those two and be like, okay, it's just the two of you out there. What can you accomplish? And a guy like Andy, now he's obviously he's number one. Andy's amazing. He, don't ever forget how amazing Andy is as a photographer, but he's also a news manager. So he can make big picture decisions of this is what we're capable of. And this is what we're not. And he's got a good head on his shoulders of how to figure out the big picture of like, okay, I know what you guys want. Now I have to get creative and how to do it. And so it's, it's always that like trying to figure everything out from a technology, technology standpoint. And as our world changes and we want everything on the air faster, 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 it's not like, okay, can you get this? It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Can you get this ready for the nine o'clock news? It's, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. How fast can we break in? You know? So it's, people don't realize sometimes how much running around it takes, how much blood, sweat, and tears it truly takes to turn something like that around and make it look like on TV that it wasn't a panicked mess. That's a really interesting point because technology in the years you've been at Fox 6, both of you, technology has taken leaps and bounds in terms of advancement. And yet here we are still running up at the last second all the time. I think about the movie 
uh, was it broadcast news where they're running the tape. You know, that's sort of the that's that's the the snapshot of news that everybody thinks about that that you know you're running down the hall with that tape trying to get it into the the room where they play it to get it on the air in time. And there's somebody opening a drawer and they're ducking their head. And it used to be like that because you had one tape and that tape had the video and a bunch of different people needed it. The person needed it for the teases and somebody else needed it for the story itself. And then they needed to get. We don't have that anymore. Video can be shared electronically so that multiple people can use it at the same time. And yet we're still pushing it up to the last second like we always have. So technology advances and we just push ourselves to do more and more with it. Yeah, because our deadlines are just faster. You know, it's not run that tape and turn it around for the news at five. It's run that tape and turn it around because they need it on the web ASAP. They want to live stream it ASAP. They want to, you know, it's just... So we still do a lot of running down the hallways. <laughs> Sometimes it's just running for urgency's sake. Like, ah, I'm running. I don't have anywhere to go, but I'm running because it's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Andy, you obviously were here at a time when we used the live trucks with the big, giant, tall masts on them. It wasn't that long ago we stopped using them. That's what it took to go live from most places. Uh, and, and there's a lot of, like, risk there's danger with that i mean there's concern about power lines overhead there's concern about lightning you're you're about to go live at six o'clock but there's lightning off in the distance what do you do you're the lead story and well there's lightning in the area what do we leave the mast up now it's maybe a backpack and some cell phone technology and and you're live from almost anywhere you want to go how has for for you and other photographers in the field how has that changed what it's like to go live uh, I mean, it's it's a night and day difference, right? When I started here, uh, an engineer ran the live truck. The photographer just edited and hooked up their camera and didn't have to worry about, um, you know, parking it, find that, that place that it's safe, finding a place you can get a signal. You know, we can only go about an hour away uh, to reach the microwave receive signal. Now, um, we can go from anywhere that we can get a cell signal or Wi-Fi, and it's just totally changed the landscape of how, how we do news. I mean, I think of, um, you know, when we traveled for, for Packers, uh, coverage or Brewers coverage, you know, we'd have to have a partner from another station and then, you know, meet that engineer and describe where we wanted and, you know, okay, here's the only place you can get a hookup where now, you know, we throw this thing on our back and we can, um, you know, be in the locker room. We can be on the field. We can be, uh, on a boat. We can be, you know, anywhere we can get that signal. So um, it's it's just really changed the aspect of, of how you can go around the whole country and, and bring news back to Milwaukee. It's improved the safety too, because, you know, like you brought up lightning, like, you know, as a producer back in safe in the building oh, the word you never wanted to hear was, oh, it's lightning. I can't go live. It's like, oh no. Or even back in the day, send back your story, right? You know, like, because sometimes back in the day they had to send back their story through that live truck and so it's like if there was lightning and they couldn't do anything they couldn't put their safety at risk and 100 that's totally what they should be doing but um you know then that just totally meant like oh we sent you like wherever we sent you to go do the story and now it's either quick 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 get back to the station and bring it here to us or you know and now with technology that's made that safer so that they aren't out in the elements they aren't in, they aren't at risk of getting struck by lightning or anything horrible like that. And it also like, you know, sometimes a live truck was like a walking billboard, you know, and that like, you know, you're at a crime scene and a million people are like, oh, Fox 6 is here. Oh my God. And, you know, now they can be a little more incognito um, and be a little safer. And so, you know, but then 
it's just that difference. It's that difference in being able to move fast, not have as much equipment and be able to be a little safer along the way. You know, I think about like what you guys are describing is like if you you pulled the curtain back on something that looked really calm and, and well and smoothly produced and you saw all the just like, you know, the little mice running on the wheels. There's you have to do all of this so that Ted Perry and Mary Stoker Smith and Ben Handel and Stephanie Grady can calmly and confidently present the news as though this was all fine. It was all easy. There was no problem. Uh, so I think for a lot of viewers, you don't realize the chaos that is going on leading up to the moment of news time. And I just think about all the times that, um, you know, <laughs> Kelly would be like, is it going to make it? Is the story going to make it? It's going to make it. I'm thinking it's uploading. It's 50%. It's at 75%. And all of a sudden it's on. And you're like, oh my gosh. You know, like I was told a long time ago, it could be the best story ever. It could win an award. But if it doesn't make slot when it's opposed to it, it doesn't matter because people didn't see it when they were supposed to. So, you know, every day, multiple times a day, you have these deadlines and you don't want to, you don't want to disappoint, you know, what the, the, the viewers and you don't want to disappoint the other managers and all the people back in the newsroom, what you're doing your job for. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure to get that done, you know, three, four times a day. So I said at the outset of this newscast that you guys are first timers. You're also going to be last timers here on the podcast because you're both uh, well-earned moving on to greener pastures. You have opportunities that are going to take you outside of the news business for the first time in, in a very, very long time. And, and I'll leave it up to you whether you want to talk about what those opportunities are. But And, and you can share that. What, what I want to know, though, is as you – and I know it's not easy to leave the news business, but are there is there something you look back on and you go, okay – Either that's my favorite thing that happened. There's a regret that I have. What What are your feelings as you as you leave all of these years uh, behind? You know, for me, um, I'm gonna still uh, be storytelling, uh, video producing, a little podcast producing, and, and social media um, for another company here in Milwaukee. Um, so while I'll kind of be doing the same thing, um, it'll be different. Uh, I won't have as many daily deadlines. Um, you know, it'll be a different kind of pressure. It'll be a little bit of a new, uh, learning experience. Um, but it's going to be hard leaving news. I mean, uh, you know, my mind is always kind of wired to go and, and watch the news and what's next. And, Ooh, here, this is, this would be a really good feature. This would be a good story. Or I wonder how they do this. I wonder how they do that. Um, so that aspect's going to be hard for me. I think, you know, what I'm most proud of is, um, I came to this, I came, I wanted to come to this station because I wanted to learn from some of the best photographers in the country. And I was able to do that. Our news director, Jim Wilson, um, was a photographer here. And then he was the chief photographer. And I wanted to come learn from him because he was, had a reputation as one of the best of the country as a national press photographers association, uh, photographer. And during my time here, um, we're fortunate enough to be uh, station of the year three times and as, as a team. And I couldn't be more proud of, of the photographers and reporters and producers that I worked with that, that allowed us to, to be able to do that. So for me, that's the memory that's going to stick forever. And what have you won, Andy, like 400 Emmys? I mean, and I'm, I'm only saying that partially facetiously because you've probably been involved in more than you can count. Yeah. Um, again, fortunate enough to work with people like you, Brian, and, and Ted Perry and Mike Lowe and um, Megan Dwyer and I'm going to forget so many people, but yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to be teamed up with, you know, reporters like you and, and, and Sarah um, Smith, who, who kind of let us have those stories and go out on our own and kind of, you know, make longer stories and, and, and award-winning stories. It's great. Um, I think the number's at 34. So 
Ugh, Kelly, it's you, more than 34. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Kelly, you don't like the, I always feel like and my wife and I talk about this because she doesn't work in news. And there's certain things that like she would win the the Emmy for like best hosting of a of like a conference call. If that's something like that was out there, you, there aren't a lot of Emmys for producers and executive producers. And there ought to be because of what you guys do. But you, you don't get that kind of recognition. But obviously you're in the midst of all of it. What I want to want to know from you is as you're as you're leaving television news, first of all, I I'll let you decide if you want to say where you're going, but I know you've got an exciting project ahead for you. Um, so you've got this like great thing to look forward to. Is it still tough to leave news behind? Oh, 100%. I've been crying like a baby for the last two weeks. Um, yeah, I am going to corporate communications. I'm going to be working at We Energies. Um, I have friends that work in the corporate communications there, and um, I have built great relationships with them, and I'm excited to go see what corporate life is like um you know making the decision to leave news was probably one of the hardest i've been thinking about it for a few years but totally scared to pull the trigger news is all i've ever done i said i've been here since i was a junior at marquette um this coming to this building in brown deer day in and day out for 23 years and nine months i'm a huge part of my life right um but just like we were talking about all the like running around and crazy and you know like and for me like taking part in things, taking part in history through the TV screen and looking at, you know, looking at Andy's video, not actually being there. Like for me, I just really decided it was time that I wanted to start living life through experiencing going to these things and being normal. I know that sounds really terrible, but, um, we all know exactly what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, it's, um, it's nothing to do with the people that work here. It's just, I need to kind of change the scenery of my life. Um, Well, there's also the cookie book. I mean, come on. Yeah. um, One of my projects at We Energies will be the cookie. We'll be learning how to do the cookie book. And I'm taking, uh, I'm going to be learning from the woman who's done it for the last 20 some years. And I hear she's incredible. So I'm really excited to do that. Um, So that, that is kind of a dream job, right? You know, cookie books, iconic. Um, But I just, the people in this building have so much heart. They work so hard. Now I'm going to cry. Um, but the things I'll miss the most aren't like covering the crazy news. I'll miss just the silly, like everybody like bringing treats because it's somebody's birthday or everybody coming back after a crazy long day and telling each other jokes and just being funny. I mean, if you all knew how crazy funny Ted Perry was, like you only get a sliver of it on TV. Like that guy just like quips out the random little thoughts 24 seven. And it's just, he's like one of those, he's probably the person I'm going to miss the most. Um, I've gotten to work with Tim Van Voren for this whole career. Right. I mean, he's like an amazing person. He's so connected in the sports world. Andy, I know you're really close with him too. Like it's like, some of these people that I've worked with forever, like, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with Vince Condella and Tom Pippins and, you know, just, oh, these people that are so amazing and so a part of Milwaukee's history. And that's the part that's hard. Um, but I'm ready. I'm ready to just be friends with everybody now and, and see what else life has to offer. You could like you could like meet people out for like you know dinner or a drink at seven p.m. Now, 
I know, right? Like, <laughs> what do people do on Tuesday at seven o'clock? I'm not familiar with how that works, everyone. Um, and, and when you uh, say, well, I'll be there, I hope. Uh, and then, and then uh, three hours later, you're like, sorry. <laughs> right. Like, And all of us who are there look at our phones and hear about the triple shooting. And we go, oh. That's why they're not here. This past weekend was my last on-call weekend as a manager. And of course, like there's that horrible shooting in Brown Deer and I quick ran to work and we're doing cut-ins on the air and whatever. I was like, oh, this kind of figures for me last weekend. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's that constant crazy that I'm just ready to leave behind for a little while. Um, I feel like sometimes news people need like the same thing like professors do, like a sabbatical, like they need like to be get granted like six months off every couple of years. I'll be bringing that up in the next meeting. Yeah. Right. Fox. Can we get that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, but it's just, sometimes we just run so hard and the deadlines are so intense that people don't understand. Like you really, like you really run through the ringer and I'm just ready to take a little break. I, uh, you know, I just, not a break. I mean, I am making a full career change. This isn't like, I'm just going to go to the for a year and be like, Oh, yay. Um, I am making a full career change, but it's just, it's truly like it, it, you just need to press pause on the, the intensity and, um, I'm, they're going to get one of the hardest workers they've ever gotten if they don't realize it yet. Cause I'm going to be like there every day going, what else can we do? What else can we do? What else can we do? <laughs> Cause that's what I'm used to. The opportunity came up for me and I decided to run for it. Cause it was like, okay, this is, this was a sign. This is working. This is what it's supposed to be. I, it's the right opportunity for me to leave for and, and go out on top, say goodbye to everybody on my own terms, you know? And, and I like that. Time to go off the record. This is part of the podcast where we get a little more casual, have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And back to ask us that question is executive producer Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Hello, hello. I'm going to try to get through these without uh, weeping, so we'll see what happens. Okay, these are quick hitters. Are you ready? Andy, we're going to start with you. Texting or talking? Texting. Kelly? Talking. Brian? Talking in most situations. Mm, I say texting. All right, number two. Favorite U.S. city besides the one you live in? Andy. Minneapolis. Kelly. Amelia Island, Florida. Ooh. Brian. St. Louis, childhood hometown. I'm going to say Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you, Kelly? Ooh, nine. Andy. Oh, I'm a ten. I have to be a ten to be a photographer. That's fair. Brian. <laughs> Depends who you ask, but since you're asking me, I think I'm at least an eight. I'm very much a nine and a half, if not a 10. Anyway. Uh, okay, Brian, you first. What's for dinner tonight? Oh, man, I'm asking myself that question most nights at about 630. Uh, I'm going to say tonight. Uh, it's Thursday, right? It's not Friday. Tonight is going to be, um, dang, it might it might be frozen pizza tonight. I don't know what I have going. I, this, this might be one of those throw it in quick and let's get, yeah, I think it's frozen pizza night. Okay, Kelly. Uh, what's ever left over from our party today? <laughs> Andy. <laughs> yeah, either what Kelly said or, uh, you know, you always have the backup uh, grilled hamburgers in the fridge because you never know what time you're going to get home. That's also true. We're also grilling hot dogs tonight. So, um, okay. How many hours of sleep do you need, Andy? One. I've proven that many times. That's, you're not wrong there. Kelly. I need a good eight. I'm an eighter. Okay, right. There was a day and a time where it used to be like three to four, but now I need at least six. 
I, yep, I say six is, is uh, seven's a bonus. Um, okay, uh, fill in the blank. <laughs> Kelly, you go first. Taylor Swift is? Ooh. Trendy. Andy. The boss. <laughs> Brian? Repetitive. <laughs> I'm gonna say smart. <laughs> okay. My son once my son once asked me when he was very young, he asked me why she always sings about nothing more nothing but boyfriends. And I said, Well, that's because that's true. Well, that's her life. Uh, okay, and then finally a bonus question. On a scale of one to ten, how much are you gonna miss your Fox Six colleagues? Um, one hundred. I like it. Andy. See, I was gonna go eleven, but Kelly just took it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, Price is Right rules here. Oh. <laughs> and also, I'm going to miss you both so, so much. And thank you for coming on today. Yeah, I, I can't put a number on how much I'm going to miss the two of you. Obviously, you've been here the entire time I've been at Fox 6, and I've been here an awfully long time. But uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. I want to correct one thing. I said they're both first-timers. Andy Conkle has been on the podcast before. But this is what, Sarah, episode 2089? What is it? Something like that? I don't know. Eight, 208. Yeah, two, this is episode 208. So um, apparently I've, I forgot that we had Andy on before. I don't, Andy, what do we, Andy, talk, what do we about? talk about? It, it couldn't have been that memorable then. Don't even, don't, don't worry. <laughs> no, I'm sure it was. It's probably one of the highest rated episodes we've had, but um, I, I have a terrible memory. But uh, no, thank you both for being on and uh, and, and best of luck in, in your new endeavors. Folks, if you have a topic you would like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, please send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back again next week. <laughs>